We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the knicks film school my god i am no better than uh the knicks drop coverage against christoph sporzikis <laughs> in their game against boston the knicks film school podcast uh i'm here with jeremy cohen who i assume is doing better than i even though it looks like he's broadcasting from a closet are you remodeling the closet you're in jeremy what's 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 the deal there uh yeah you know i'm uh, i'm traveling for work and uh, i'm in a, i'm in a state where uh and actually you know what, i'm not gonna say it I, i'm in florida <laughs> yeah no it just I, you can't you can't say a certain word here in florida i'm here uh i'm in orlando they say that disney's the happiest place on earth but surrounding it is not the happiest place on earth and i don't even get the benefit of going to disney world so uh yeah i i'm here I, I'm not going to offend anyone who lives in Orlando, so I'm just going to continue saying I happen to be here, and I will be back in New York at some point. So your hatred for America does that go back a long ways, or is this a recent thing? It's a long time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just—it's sure. uh, just th- this country. There's so many reasons, and um, it's deep rooted inside yep. of me. Just go find a nice chain restaurant. Get on the buffet line. That's the problem, John. There, there are only chain restaurants here. I am miserable because there's not a single non-chain. It is so difficult. I don't know how people outside of uh, the coastal elite areas do it because it is hard. I can't. I have not seen a vegetable in days, and it is killing me. I need yeah. a vegetable. So that's <laughs> that's where I'm at. You probably find a fried. I mean, is a potato a vegetable? You probably find, you know. I need something yeah. green. I need a green That's vegetable. A green. Yeah, a green not, vegetable. That's, nowhere to be found. Go to, find an Olive Garden. You get unlimited. Uh, was it sa- salad and, and breadsticks? Uh, mm-hmm. All right, we're we're off to a rousing start here. Um, we are, of course, coming at you on uh, Wednesday uh, because the Knicks had a bit of a funky schedule this week. Obviously, playing on not only Sunday night but Monday night. So we are recording on uh, Tuesday night ahead of uh, New York's next game which they play the Atlanta Hawks. And we are going to, I believe, stick with a bit of a funky schedule um, 
No, we're not going to stick with the fucking schedule. They just put, I'm looking at the the games. The Knicks just play a lot of games in, in the next several days. So we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, okay. Quick week in review. So since Jeremy and I last spoke, the Knicks have played four, count them, four basketball games. And they won three of those games, which is very good. Can, wait, am I congratulating Actually, you? Correction. Yeah. It's been a lot longer since, uh, since. Oh that. my God. I, because yes. Yeah. I know that Benji and I are the same exact height and look very similar as well. He said that he had big shoes to fill. Again, Benji, we're we're both six foot five. I don't know what you're talking about. I, it's funny because I, I was going to make a joke about do I congratulate you for the predictions win when it and I it didn't click in my mind that yeah. So you do. I'll tell you why. When a yes. coach misses a game, the coach filling in for him does not get the credit. Oh my god. With that said, I want to be abundantly clear. I want to give my props to Benji for picking the correct one because I couldn't do math last time and I forgot that the Celtics game was not going to be included. So I said two and one and he was smart uh, enough okay. to go, no, 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 let's go three and one. So thank you to Benji. I very much appreciate it. I couldn't have done it without you. Benji should have been. So you think there's going to be a draw in one of the games? <laughs> um, no, good, good job by you. Good job by Benji. Uh, the point is, since I have last spoken to someone on these weekly pods, uh, the Knicks have gone three and one, which is, which is good. And I know we're coming off a loss, and it's always, it's always the trickiest episode that we do when they're when they have a stretch where they're playing really well, but the game immediately preceding when we get to talk to each other is a loss, and um, you know, is a loss that that could potentially include some hand wringing. I don't. I, I I'll just before we. Yeah, kind of move move past the week that was. I'll just ask you about the Celtic game. I, I know you watched it with our, our good buddy Bernard. Um, I did not leave that game feeling particularly discouraged. I left it more in awe of the Boston Celtics, who uh, I, I I think are the same thing I thought about a month ago. I think they're going to be really good. And yeah, the Knicks have some things to work on, some things that we kind of figured they already needed to work on. But um, yeah, they, I mean, no RJ Barrett obviously makes it a little bit easier to swallow. What, what your thoughts on the Celtics game? Similar to the first in that this is a team that the Knicks play very hard. The Celtics got better this past offseason, so the gap is a little bit more, but I still feel as though they play them close enough where you get the right break and it works out. I think in terms of these 10 games, the worst two losses were the second night of a back-to-back as an away game. And I think that just goes to show it's really difficult to win two games in a row. And if you're going to have to suffer your two worst losses, them being coming off of the heels of a game that happened about 24 hours or so before, I can live with that. I can live with these close games. It's not like there was a game that happened where it's just the Knicks are flat out embarrassed on a random day where they've had time before and time to think about it after. They've been close enough where you can understand maybe if there was a fair fight, maybe if the circumstances were different. They're not. They lost. They lost against the Pelicans as well. It's understandable. This team wasn't going to go 82 and 0 anyway. But the the way that they played the Celtics through what the first two and a half quarters. I, I and then Jason be- Tatum just went supernova because that's who Jason Tatum is. It's yeah, it's hard to feel that upset about it. You you can we could draw a few lines of demarcation in the Celtics game. You could draw it at up until two minutes left in the first half when they had those, you know, a couple of bad transition defensive plays. Um before which they were pretty much flawless for the first like 22-ish minutes of the game. You could draw a line of demarcation, as you just said, through two and a half quarters, which is when the game kind of turned really in the Celtics' favor. You could also draw a line at like 
they were within three with eight minutes to go in this game after Brunson hit a three. And then, you know, there was a four point play. And, and t- as you just alluded to, Tatum got going. So there were like a few inflection points. And the only other thing I want to pick up on what you just said, yes to the three back to backs. Um, also, RJ Barrett missed three games. Knicks lost all three of those games. And I know there's some overlap with some of these. And then the third thing I'll bring up, and I looked it up today, there have been, after we, um, at this point, there's been like, I think close to 150 games played in the league or, or, or whereabouts 140 something. The Knicks have the um, third worst three point shooting performance of those 150 ish games, Uh, the eighth worst, and then something in like the twenties there. And they lost all of those games as well. So nights where they were just unconscionably bad from three, they lost. So like, by and large, the teams played well, and they and but like they played pretty well against Boston for a certain stretch of the game, and and it's a loss. Um, yeah, good memory with the Cavs because that second game was uh, I completely forgot it was back to back. I knew they played each other two games in a row, but yeah, that's sure enough another loss. Yeah. Um. So yeah, here we sit, five and five. You know, I, I made a big deal of it after the Charlotte game. I'm not going to do the same thing now. Like always, said want to get the five and five at five and five. Like here we go. So um. Anything else about the last four before we move on to our America's newest uh, favorite podcast, niche podcast sensation, pick your favorite stupid stat? I thought that the way the Knicks played the Spurs was fantastic. Just obliterated them from the get-go. It never, I'll tell you, also seeing Wembanyama in yeah, person is a, awesome. I mean, he's he, he comes out and it's like, it's like uh, Mike TV got stretched out in the Willy Wonka factory because he was that small and he had to be rolled out entirely. And it was just like, uh, it, it's just kind of a marvel to see. It was hilarious when people were shouting overrated because he's going to be, I was incredible. I mean, look, I like, did I partake? Guys yeah. Don't. Yeah, I did because it was fun, but knowing, no, this guy's actually going to be legitimate and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him in his prime. But that's uh, that game just it felt like one of those games where in the past the Knicks could have, let their guard down, let a team back into it or been wrapped up in hype. And they just, I mean, from the get go it was what 13, nothing run to start. And they never looked back. So yeah, it was a fun game to, to witness. And Charlotte game similar, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not, not exactly the same, but, but similar in the fact that like, I, I don't know how you felt, but like just watching them against the Hornets, I, I know there were, that game was a little closer in the Spurs game. Yes. At least for the first it, half. Yeah. Yeah. There was never a point where I thought they were going to lose. To the Hornets, you know, and I and I think most people would probably have agreed with that. So, like, look, so far it's a lot like the first two thirds of last season, maybe not quite that much, where it's like they don't have a signature win yet. Um maybe one's coming soon, but like they're the games that you figure they're going to win, they've won. Um, I I don't know the Clipper, the Clipper game, it's one game we haven't mentioned explicitly, like how the Clippers have played since, you know, Harden's debut against the Knicks at the garden, like takes a little bit of the bloom off that rose, but it was a big win in the moment for them because they were, they were two and four, obviously. Um, Okay. still call George, Coy Leonard and James Harden. I'll take it. I know they're struggling. I hear you, but but I was because there's a few situations I'm very interested in the league uh, right now, and we're gonna get to one of them in a, in a few minutes. But uh, the Clippers, man, that's I, I'm I'm just getting the popcorn ready for whatever transpires there. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Uh, another edition of Pick Your Favorite Stupid Stats. So we did this, I think, a couple weeks ago. So we'll do it again. I am going to read through these four stats and then maybe we'll each pick one to to dive uh, a little bit deeper on. I noticed the last the last one is not a stat, so we'll save that for the next segment. Uh, so we'll go through this one kind of quick. So three stats. First, per cleaning the glass, Knicks are 14th in offensive rating and 4th in defensive rating, 6th in net rating. Their starting five with R.J. Barrett is plus 17 per 100 possessions, we should note. And their bench lineup with R.J. Barrett is plus 7 per 100 possessions. I don't have to speak with the producer about this. I don't think that's a stupid stat at all. I think that's a very unstupid stat. Um, this per NBA stupid, stats, stupid good maybe. Stupid. Yeah, that's what Andrew's going good. for. Uh, um, yes, per NBA stats, Mitchell Robinson is averaging five point eight offensive rebounds per game this season. Um, no one has averaged more for a full season in uh, the last twenty five years, not since uh, the Nets, Jason Williams. So he he only had three, I think, against the Celtics. So the first game he hasn't had a, a big total, what feels like in a while, um, but still up there. And then um, third one here per stat head, RJ Barrett is shooting 50% from three this season. That is, that is accurate. Uh, only one player has a higher three point percentage with at least uh, 43 point attempts. I think Andrew may have missed one on this. He, he mentions Doug McDermott. I believe Devin Booker, although no Devin Booker doesn't have 40 attempts. So uh, because he's, he's been injured a lot, I'm, I'm going to add one more. And it's the one that I, I I'm adding it because I want to talk about it a little bit more, and it relates to the offensive rating. Um, and then I'm going to toss it to you. Is the Knicks by cleaning the glass are actually 11th in offense as we're recording right now? That's before Tuesday night's NBA games. They're 11th in offense despite being 29th in effective field goal percentage. Which, like, I know they overcame poor shooting last year. What did they finish? an effective field goal percentage last season, like 18 or so 18, like yeah. something, whatever it was in the low teens and they were third in offense. So, I mean, what's more impressive that or being borderline top 10 in offense and being second to last in effective field goal percentage. And we don't even have to talk about how they're doing it because they're doing it the same way they did last year. Every offensive rebound, they don't turn the ball over. They get to the line. Um, you know, so it, it, like they've, they've kind of won up themselves as far as the formula and, uh, and the shooting looks like it's going to start to come around. So that's a good thing. So I'll, I'll turn it to you. Pick something you want to talk about. Let's talk about some RJ Barrett. Sure. Because I, like Barrett. <laughs> I do too. Contrary to popular belief, I do like RJ Barrett quite a bit. Do people think you hate RJ Barrett? 
I don't look. I, I, we'll talk about the other player who has now been mentioned. Here's my yeah. philosophy, right? I like RJ. My whole thing this past summer was these are the areas he needs to improve in. And based on what the front office likes, this is the type of player that would fit exactly what they're going for. Somehow, I feel like it may have been misconstrued that I don't want RJ Barrett to be a Nick, that I don't think there's any growth or potential. Like we in the KFS faculty chat in the past, the question has often come up to me. So you don't think RJ Barrett can improve? And it was always, no, it's, it's, a, I wonder if he can continue improving here based on a center who doesn't stretch the floor and an, an inefficient offense around him. It helps when he is himself, when he himself is, infi- is efficient and is able to progress from that point. But I want to talk about RJ because obviously the leap that he is taking is it's obvious. I mean, that it, yeah. it's obviously it is obvious. Great English. <laughs> it's obviously but that's, obvious. But that's the truth. His, the way that he is, the reads that he has, the defense that he is um, expanding on getting back to certain levels that we saw really his second season. It's all fantastic, especially because of how the offense is when he's playing. The one thing I want to highlight, and John, maybe you've looked at this as well, is if you go to our good friend cleaning the glass and you look at the shooting, I mean, the, we know how absurd his shooting is from three point range. I mean, right now he is, he's listed as a forward and not as a wing by cleaning the glass this year, which interesting of, to, you know, somewhat. Of I, note, I, but I, I thought that was interesting. I'm not quite sure why they did that, but I noticed it as well. Continue. Yeah, me neither. But he, even if you look at the, just the percentages as opposed to percentiles, right? 59% corner three. If we want to weigh the percentiles to that's the hundredth percentile. For context, Josh Hart was in the 100th percentile from the corner last season, specifically with the Knicks. Not as a season as a whole, but with the Knicks. Non-corner, 74th percentile, hitting 43%. All threes, 94th percentile. And as we know, he's he's, he's hit 50% of his threes. That's crazy. And that's awesome. What happens if he's not quite this hot? Because this is absurdly hot. It has to come down. He's not going to be hitting 50% from three. He's not going to be hitting 59% from the corners. If it comes down a bit, that's fine because again, he's still able to play the defense that needs to be there. The effort is there. Losing the weight that he had, thanks to that illness and keeping it off. The reads, especially that Fred Katz has talked about where finding players in ways that he never did before. So he's grown tremendously as a player. I just want to point this out. When it comes to the rim, he's finishing I, Similarly to where he has where you were going, yeah. The, the short mid range has been quite good. He's at forty. Uh, well, really, he's at forty one percent, which is the fifty fifth percentile. But the previous year he was at thirty nine percent, which is at the forty second percentile. And he's pretty much similar in terms of long mid and and all mid range as a whole. So I'm not saying warning, warning. This is where RJ Barrett's going. It's just we can naturally expect that the three point shooting will drop. I hope that the other aspects of his game that have largely stayed stagnant continue to rise. He just has to play good defense and be a a strong catch and shoot player, especially from the corner and make the right reads. And he is a valuable piece to the Knicks. I just pointing to if, and when the three point shooting comes down a bit, what does that do to the rest of the game? How does that change? So I'm happy to read, you know, not a, Concern, yeah. just just flagging it. It's yeah, it's not it's not a red flag. It's not even an orange flag. Um, I I'm happy you brought this up because I was I wrote a little bit on this today for tomorrow's newsletter because I did a bit of a 
a 10 game statistical check in. And the other part of it that you didn't mention that also should be noted is RJ. He's never been below uh, 40% of his shot, his uh, total shots at the rim. This season, he's only taking 34% of his shots at the rim. It's a 6% drop. That's significant. It also uh, goes hand in hand with all of the praise that he's gotten, justifiably so, because he's making better decisions. He's not forcing as many bad looks around the rim. The thing where it relates to what you just said is you would expect normally someone cutting back that much their amount of shots at the rim for there to be a bit of a big because the thinking is like, okay, well, if he's cutting out all the crappy shots at the rim, the percentage should go up more than it has. He was at 59 percent of the rim last season is at 61 percent of the season. Now it we're early. I think the rim finishing will continue to improve. I also this may be a bit too me. I don't know. Trying to find something that isn't there, but like just hear me out. Like we we knew really bad RJ attempts at the room when we saw them. Like they were unmistakable because they were very frustrating. I don't. I feel like I could count those on one hand this year and I, with fingers left over. And I think part of the reason is like a lot of the misses at the rim. I feel like he has succeeded in drawing. I mean, he's always done this to a certain extent, but maybe even more so now, drawing attention away. And those are just great offensive rebounding opportunities for Mitchell Robinson, who's, who was also gobbling up offensive boards at a rate higher than he ever has before. So I don't know if that's part of it, but like I, to your larger point, I'm not worried because when the three point shooting comes down, as long as the decision making stays where it is, you know, the defense, that's another part, you, a big part of this. Um, and if the rim finishing, you know, improves a little bit, you know, get the mid range numbers up a little bit, they could go a little higher. I think we're, I think we'll be fine. And I think what, you know, what we're the buzz we're feeling right now, I think it can sustain, maybe not to this level, but you know, something in that range. Um, that was good. I'm happy you went, you went with RJ. Uh, try to think now which way I want to go. I, I, I feel like what else do you say about Mitch? I don't know what there is to say. Let me talk about the defense. Because they're fourth in defensive rating. Um, they actually fell because the Celtics, I mean, just as they've been doing with everybody, they've been hurting on them. Uh, I think the defense is real. And this is maybe a weird thing for me to say after they just got, you know, ramrodded by by Boston. But like, Boston could do that to any team, especially if they get hot from deep. I don't think that they're a particularly great matchup for uh, the Knicks right now, given you know, how they're defending KP and shout out to Benji, who's been, I mean, he's been all over drop coverage mm-hmm. against stretch bigs for years now and specifically Porzingis. And it's, it's, it's an issue. Um, but I don't know. I like they're grabbing every defensive rebound. Um, they are not putting teams on the line. They are um, generating a fair bit of turnovers for them, for a tips team. Certainly. And like the best part for me Teams are hitting league average from three against them. So it's not like they're getting any kind of unsustainable opponent shooting luck. Like opponents are hitting threes against them, the rate at which you would figure opponents will hit threes against them. Um, And it's not like I I feel like we're watching games where I'm like, man, you know, the other shoe's going to drop soon. I think this is a, is it a top five defense all year? I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think at the very least, it's a top 10 defense. So if you figure, okay, at the very least, top ten defense. If you get the offense back up towards that top ten range, well, the, you know, there's your there's your playoff berth now, which I know is not enough for everybody, but I, to me, that would be kind of a successful season. So I like the defense. I like where it's at. 
When we did our preseason predictions, you were what seems to be turning out well in terms of saying that the defense will be the calling card of this team, that they'll revert back to where they were. The fascinating part is that if they are able to just get a bit better in terms of the efficiency and the offense propels themselves, then we could be looking at a team that is in the top 10, both offensively and defensively, which we said at the time was, Mm. well, it's not going to happen because that would mean this team is a legitimate contender and it's really difficult to have that. And yet they're knocking on the door. It wouldn't shock me like at this point. It Yes, it, exactly. And so I, I, I believe I agree. I think the defense is the real. It is unfortunate that two of those games involve going against the Celtics. Another one against the Bucks, even though that game was a little bit different in terms of the offensive outburst by Milwaukee. Uh, the thought of me occurred when you said with Chris Stops and, and dropping, I just thought instead of like drop it like it's hot, drop it like Chris Stops. I don't know. It's been a long that's day. That's good. Thanks. I'll take it. I like that. So, so that's, I remember that song. It was a good song. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. So yes, I I'm with you in terms of just believing in the defense and I'm trying to stay grounded and not think about, Oh, well, what could the Knicks do to keep improving this team? Because we're 10 games in and I'd like to still focus on this squad before Getting to, you know, I'd like for it to at least be winter time in this hemisphere before we start well, really considering these players and their options. But it goes to show where, okay, maybe if the defense is this good, does this unlock the ability to go out and find someone who's maybe more efficient, maybe on the offensive side? How could that work? Interesting segue. <laughs> Uh, cause we do have to talk about Zach Levine. Uh, so per Shams, Sharanya of the athletic, uh, the bulls and Levine, it seems like, uh, you know, th- there's mutual interest in, I guess, a potential breakup. Uh, bulls are considering it, you know, Levine would be open to it. Uh, and I, I'm covering this in, in Wednesday's newsletter, so I'm not going to say too much. I will just point out what I think is the obvious thing that you're probably going to go to, which is that realistically, given Levine's salary and given how much outgoing money would need to be sent out, like there is no Zach Levine trade if one of Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, or RJ Barrett is is is, uh, is not included. Um, I understand we talked a lot about the RJ for... You, you did a whole thing on it this summer, so that's why I'm not going to say too much, but like my two cents. I'm I'm not trading RJ for Zach Levine right now. I have a feeling you're probably uh, going to be in the same way. And like, yeah, could we go down the road of like a, a Levine Randall swap? I sure. I I don't want to for any number of reasons. I, I just don't see it as. I just don't see it happening. It's not, I I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, and then you start talking about well, three team trades and this and that. I I don't know. Um. I'm not clamoring for Zach Levine for where this team is at right now, but I will pause it to you on that one. The whole conversation with Levine was so different over the summer because it was also before DiVincenzo was added. And I agree that DiVincenzo felt he filled more of a need. Obviously they're completely different players, but it's kind of like, all right, so now you're getting a player who you're just very small. And getting Levine, who is a little bit smaller than RJ. But the main point with the RJ factor was if RJ is not playing consistent defense, then you're actually getting a player who is certainly younger, but actually plays somewhat slightly worse defense than Levine 
played statistically. And at least with the Levine factor, you have the offensive output that matches that of an all-star. He, yep. he was named to an all-star team, I believe twice. RJ Barrett playing defense, showing signs of being efficient, showing a path to potentially being an all-star. It's kind of the whole thing of, mom, can we get McDonald's? No, we have McDonald's at home. But the difference here is McDonald's at home is actually like a deluxe gourmet burger with uh, better like McDonald's. a five ground beef. Yeah. So, so you don't need to rush into that. Granted, is there time between now and January 15th or the, the trade deadline? Of course, a lot can change, but it's sort of like, all right, we don't have to make this move. In my opinion, if there is a team that benefits from Zach Levine the most, it's probably the Sixers because they have a whole lot of expiring salary. They've got a couple draft picks that are not even theirs that they are comfortable moving. It's a way to say to Joel Embiid, look, we're serious. We're trying to build around you. We've got Tyrese Maxey. We've got an efficient off-ball shooter in Levine. Tobias Harris is playing lights out. We have you, Joel. So there's something that can work with where there's a team that is in a more desperate position that might pay that luxury that the Knicks just don't need to do. And if that's the case, there's no reason for them to act on it. In my opinion, I, as someone who's long, long been on the, uh, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, dream, uh, band bandwagon, which is, I think, uh, on fire, given how <laughs> the Sixers started the season, I would actually kind of be rooting for the Sixers to trade for Levine. I, I don't know if that's. I would be surprised if they barked up that tree. And I actually think there was already a report out of someone in Philly that's kind of intimated that they're 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 going to set this one out. But listen, crazy things have happened. Um, yeah, I don't know who's the team that should be jumping up and down for Levine. I mean, like. I went through all the teams in my head earlier today and I kind of, I don't love the fit on the Lakers, but I went through all the other fits around the league and I just kind of came back. Well, I, I guess it's the Lakers, but I, I don't know. He's it's tough, tough situation. He's been owed a hundred and almost $180 million uh, between this season and the next three years, last of which is a player option at 49, which by that point is going to be like 25th highest paid player in the NBA, but still a lot of money, 49 million dollars. And, um, yeah, he's just like I. The way here, can I get just give very, real quick with Levine? I thought of the I thought of something I invented today. I was very proud of myself. I'm calling it the Zach Levine test, naming it after Zach Levine in his honor. And here's what it is: any player that comes on the trade market, ask yourself if a contender, if the if the league's various contenders or like semi contenders, could get the player, get that player on their roster at a at like an objectively low price so like you know whatever the salary it takes and like not much in terms of like what you would think the either the pick equity or the player equity would be how many of those teams would have like a serious meeting about it and i asked this question myself about levine i'm like okay denver no boston and jump in if you think i'm wrong about any of these denver no boston no um milwaukee already can't defend anybody i don't think they're gonna add another poor defender so no Phoenix, I gotta say, I think the Phoenix would kind of rather just have Bradley Beal. I maybe that reasonable minds could differ on that, but well, I'll just interject. He still has a no trade clause, so it's it's that's, so that's yeah, but no, but he, but even let's say Beal waived the no trade clause. I, I again, I think he's more productive off ball. I think he's a higher defensive ceiling. I think he's he's a better like third option. So that's a no. And then we could even 
throw a couple other teams in there, you know, like Minnesota's playing out of their minds. Like, would they take on Zach Levine? You know, would they do like cat for Zach Levine? I, I guess I don't, I don't think they would. Maybe, maybe they have a meeting about it. I doubt it. Like, who, who am I forgetting? Philly. I just said, I, I personally wouldn't do it if I was Philly. So, like, I got one. What? Well, who? first of all, I hear you in terms of calling this the, the Zach Levine test. Who should it be I, named after? I think it should be named after Blake Griffin. <laughs> That's a good one. That's good. In terms of a team, though, where I know we're getting more into the Zach Levine part of it and less we're, from the We'll Knicks end side. it after this, yeah. I mean, a team like Orlando, where they're really good. They have salary to, ma- to, to match. Mm. It's decent salary as well. It could be expiring. They have excess picks. If they really wanted to make the playoff push, and why wouldn't they? But then, how does that black? Does that uh, block Anthony Black? Does that you know, like how does it work with that? There is no perfect team, and that's yeah. why I thought you know maybe if there were a Philly situation, is it a three-team deal with Philly, Chicago, and Toronto, where Philly gets OG Ananobi, and that's an interesting one. You know, like is it that sort of thing? I have no idea. Is it the Cavs where they get worried about Donovan Mitchell? But why would they punt on a season and a half Donovan Mitchell? So I don't see that happening. So I'm with you in that there really aren't a ton of teams here. But then again, we would not have thought that the Bucks would have gotten Damian Lillard. Yeah. There are a bunch of surprise teams that could just say, you know, this is worth yeah, that's the risk. Damian Lillard. I hear you. More, it's more, more proof desirable. of concept. Sure. Sure. Yes. It's, okay. it's more, you never know when a team you comes out of the blue and says, yeah, we'll do it. We're, we'll yes, let's roll. Let's, let's roll the dice on this. And so I say that sitting here in an Orlando hotel room that I'm hearing whispers <laughs> Through the walls, they might just be the rats, but the rats know. Yeah. They're front office. Levine, it's right next to you right now. You didn't even know that? It's, it, yeah, that's why I'm in the closet because I'm hiding from John Hammond and the rest of the Orlando Magic because I'm telling you secrets that, that could get me killed right now. I just want you to be aware sure. of that. We appreciate but This your, is a safe space. It's just the, the two of us and uh, APJP. It's, this isn't going anywhere. It's in a vacuum. No one else will listen to it. So we'll be fine. I think you just confused the lead actor from Mad Men with the person running the Orlando Magic. No, uh, Hammond. He, he ran the Bucks. Oh, and you said John Hamm. No, I know who John Hamm is. I said John Hammond. Oh, I missed the end. <laughs> this is great. Uh, yeah, I, I, whatever. I don't want to go too much further. Let me, I, sure. I mean, Orlando, but like if I'm them, I'm like, I got two young studs. Like, let me, let me slow play this one. Like, same thing with Indiana. So a couple people mentioned Indiana. Okay. Uh, game balls. Uh, so given to a player, coach, or entity that stood out this week and deserves special recognition. Jeremy, you get the honors for this. Our candidates, RJ Barrett. Knicks went 3-0 in games he played. Mitch continues to dominate um, on the offensive glass and just generally be awesome. Uh, Julius Randle. The shooting splits are still not great, but average 25-10-5 and five this week. And uh, he's really cleaned up the percentages a lot. He's, he's really rebounded nicely. Emmanuel quickly. And the Knicks three wins. Uh, he shot 51, 44, 100 and averaged 14, 3 and 3. He was very impressive. Uh, I thought, especially in the, uh, was it the Charlotte game? What, one of the games, the Charlotte game or the Spurs game? I think the Charlotte game, he was awesome. And then uh, Tibbs, uh, top four defense, offense is getting better. Shots are starting to fall. So uh, who do you want to give game pull to? This is a tough one because I honestly think every single person on this list is deserving of it. And there's a part of me that wants to give it to Julius because. I thought you and Benji did a great job with the pod and everything you said was very accurate. Had I been on the pod, I would have said the numbers say exactly what they are. I still am not ready. And it's not like you guys were condemning him 
in terms of who he was as a player, to be absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. I, I just wasn't as worried. I don't know why listening to it. I just felt like I wasn't, at least that was my vibe. And he, there's still the flaws. There's still the warts, but he's progressing. He's yep. getting back to that point. So I'll shout him out, but he's not going to be the person. I'm still going to go with Mitchell Robinson because he's just been such, I mean, you talk about the defense. He is the defense. He is the anchor there. The offensive rebounding to do it at such an elite level. I mean, before there was the conversation of, is it him or is it Steven Adams? Even if Steven Adams were playing, I mean, he's not, so we don't really have to do the what if, but let's just assume the situation that's in front of us. Steven Adams isn't playing. Mitchell Robinson is the best offensive rebounder in the NBA this season. Agreed. And how he has been able to clean up. I know that he got a little bit more in terms of the flow of the offense uh, for what the Hornets game. (laughs) Yeah. Post up. But that even, even still like the, the cleanups that he has, where he's just the putbacks as opposed to coming down and maybe bringing the ball down and it gets smacked away or whatever it might be. He's just playing the game at such a smart level. And he means so much to this team. So Mitchell Robinson, it is glad he ended it with that part. He does mean so much to their success when they, when they do well. And like you, I mean, in a weird way, you could see it in the Celtics game when, when Mitch is kind of neutralized, like the Knicks are just not as dangerous of a team. Like he is the, he's a massive part of what they do. Um, you kind of took my thunder with the Julius speech. I'll, I'll give it to Julius. Apologies. because I, It's okay. It's I, Listen, no one I'd rather lose the thunder to than you. Um, I like you was not. It's weird because like I, I'd be lying if I say I wasn't worried at all. I was a little worried, but not like that. I thought like Julius was not going to come out of it. But as I've kind of alluded to a few times, this was such a vibes driven team last year where they kind of realized that they had this special sauce cooking and like, Hey, let's keep, let's keep throwing this stuff on. Um, and it's just going to keep tasting great. And yeah, there were real, like obviously real basketball related reasons for all that. But I thought the Julius thing, if it kept going much longer, had a chance to, to throw off that specific aspect of what made them successful last year. And for him to have, uh, turned around and honestly it's like it's kind of crazy we could sit here and be like look back on yeah me and Benji's conversation from a week ago it seems like a distant memory it's like oh yeah we were worried about like there were people who were like get this guy out of here you never like which there's always going to be those people but yeah he he, he rebounded well and uh, he, he will get my my game ball so congrats uh, Julius Randall but isn't that is always you? what happens just what? very quickly by the way yeah about how we always have these siloed conversations and then yeah. we look back one week, one month, multiple months. And it's like, stupid. yeah, that was in that one time frame that was important. And in the end, it's just like, maybe it's not, maybe it is. It's, I don't know. I just, I love how it adds up in the end or doesn't at all. It's great. Well, it's great. Cause it makes it all unpredictable. We're just like, mm-hmm. what, you know, silly derivative thing but like yeah that's why we watch um okay detention uh given to a player coach or entity i love that we keep having the entity thing in here that deserves to sit down for a while and think about what they did wrong our nominees nobody this was a good week let's keep the vibes positive um advil is a nominee for detention this week why couldn't you fix rj's migraine before the celtics game fair question the month of november why does rj barrett keep getting sick every time you show up uh i hadn't even that hadn't even occurred to me very fair uh, and then we could pick a player or a coach if we insist. Uh, I have to pick somebody 
I don't want to pick nobody. That's that's kind of boring. they lost a game. We have to pick someone. They did lose a game. We do have to pick somebody. Um, it really feels disingenuous to put anyone in detention. I, I'm not going to pick anybody on the Knicks. I can't just. I, oh, you know, I'm put, you know, I'm going to put it in detention. And I never, I never rag on the refs. I no, I'm not even the refs. The NBA. I'm putting the league office in detention. You know why? Because there was a moment in the game yesterday, and I don't know if Benji highlighted it on the post on the post game because I only got to listen to the beginning. But where they had uh, the Celtics replay did a replay review and they won it with the ball going off Julius Randle's hand or whatever. But the replay re- review also showed that Julius Randle got fouled on the possession. You're not allowed to overturn. You're not allowed to call a foul retroactively. Like you, you, you can, you know, challenge a, a block charge or whatever. You cannot have a foul that was not called be called after a review. It's not in the league rules. That had I don't think ever occurred to me before. A and B is fucking ridiculous because that was a foul, and it's the only reason the ball went out of bounds in the first place. So I am putting the league office, whoever makes these stupid rules, in detention. That is my detention for the week. That's a fair one. Yeah, it's it shouldn't be the case, and yet it was. It should not. I hear it. I I guess I'll go with Advil. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, sure, I'll, I'll you know, I, I blame Advil. I don't know if that's necessarily the my preferred way of treating a migraine. That could be the reason it didn't fix it. I usually go, I'm a Tylenol guy. Oh, I think really? for RJ getting like sick, you know, he's taking his vitamins. Cause I got to tell you, I get sick a lot and uh, I started taking more vitamins. It staved off a lot of illness, you know, knock on wood. So RJ, listen, I, I mean, I'm just looking right now. Got some nice D3 immune health. Uh, we got some, we got some zinc gummies. Zinc yes. is good for you. And uh, we have some, Vitamin C. So actually, I'll, I'll switch it to, to, I'll just say sickness and health in general, where, um, listen, I know that you probably have access to better healthcare, seeing as how you're Canadian and also a member of the New York Knicks. But I can tell you that these home remedies are starting to work. I'm So consider it. I'm sure the Knicks organization won't find it suspicious at all if a care package showed up at Four Penn Plaza. Like please, with like a, a note written in crayon or something. Like please deliver to RJ uh, with instruction to ingest one a day. I think that I think that's a good use of all, everybody's time. Yeah, I think he'd think that we're probably poisoning him because I would not. If I had received that package, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I, I cannot. I don't trust this. I, it's difficult for me to do that. So maybe if there's a line of pharmacists that decide to just line MSG, that they could just continuously pre- prescribe him something. You know what, RJ needs? He needs some AG1. That's shout out to our, our uh, friends at AG1, sponsors on the pod. Uh, okay, let's get to predictions. Then we have a couple of announcements that we're going to get out of here. Uh, okay, so I'm losing. I'm one and two. You and Benji combined now. You have to share the the, the honor with him. Our two and it. one. Whatever, you're still winning. Uh, so it's fine. Three games. Three games. That's it. Uh, at Atlanta, at Washington, at Charlotte. Those games are Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Um... The Atlanta game is... Uh, I just noticed the time. The Atlanta game is 7.30. The Washington game is at 7. The Charlotte game on Saturday is at 6. So that's an interesting start time. Um, I'm curious to see where you go with this one. Well, I'm just... 
I thought that there was a rule that you couldn't play two games within a 24, like the, the starting times couldn't be within 24 hours of each other. I could have sworn because it's to me, it is interesting. It's outrageous that the Knicks are playing 7 p.m. and then traveling. And then within 24 hours of their first game starting, they're playing another game in another city that's not their own. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with that? That is absurd to me. Anyways, um, I'm going to go with two and one on this. I recognize that one and two could be a very legitimate possibility due to scheduling concerns, but. I think that I, I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer that this could be two and one. I don't know what Benji's thinking, but I'm channeling my inner Benji and we're in agreement on this. I agree. One and two is upsetting, but realistic possibility. Um, I'm not going to go with it. I'll go three. No, I'll be optimistic. I do think this team is, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I think this team has turned a corner. Um, I thought they were scuffling early in the season. Like, really did not like how they looked getting out of the gate. Like it didn't feel like I was watching the Knicks for the first, you know, certainly first, maybe the first six games. Now I feel like, and again, it's weird. Like that's the first half of the Celtics game really felt like, okay, I I, I know this team. I've seen this team play basketball before. I get this. Um, Are they probably going to lose one of these games? Yeah, they, they probably are. Whether it's the schedule loss, whether it's Atlanta and who knows, maybe doomsday, they lose multiple games. I hope not. Uh, but uh, I will go 3-0. And on that note, um, a couple of quick announcements. We'll uh, ping, uh, I guess, back back and forth with these. So I'll start it off. Knicks vs. Hawks pregame pod will drop at noon today as you are listening to this. That is uh, GMAC, and I believe he's back on with the Hawks fan TV guy. We will be doing a Knicks and Hawks KFS watch along that will be with Sean, GMAC, and myself. I'm excited for what will be my first watch along of the season. Certainly overdue and looking forward to being there. So come join us on Wednesday, which is, if you're listening to this, likely tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And KFS, oh, so we only have three. So KFS Study Hall will be making the move to playback. This Thursday night at 7 p.m. So Andrew teased that on a recent show, said big announcement for Study Hall. Uh, so that is the announcement where Study Hall is moving to playback. Uh, so again, that's coming at you this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Um, there will obviously be link, the, the proper links, the, the way if you're like, what the hell is playback? Like, how do I get to it? Follow Nick's on so Nick's Film School on, on social media. Um, you will get uh, the link to, to join that. Again, on Thursday, we'll promote the hell out of that. And uh, come come join. Uh, you could also subscribe to the link in the description of this episode to uh, to be made aware of that. Is there anything else? Or do we have one more? Or is that it? Get me out of the state. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeremy, anything before we go? <laughs> Just can't wait to be home. <laughs> but we're I good. I hear you. Um, this is great. Listen, I, again, I know we're, we're, this is kind of a shorter show. The longer shows with me and Jeremy are, are coming in, in, in due course. When, when we need to do a longer one, we'll do a longer one. It's early. The sky is not falling. Everything seems to be okay right now. So we're, we're going to be economical uh, with, our, with our time. Uh, well, we, well, we still have the luxury of doing that. And while uh, Jeremy is, is stuck in a closet in uh, the great 
great city of Orlando. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, thank you. Uh, APJP, shout out to APJP producing this episode. And uh, as always, shout out to GMAC from, for his work from afar. And uh, thank you, everybody, for checking on, out another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We will be uh, back with all the fun stuff that we just talked about. Uh, until then, enjoy your week and take care. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.